This recording was done during the 2023 WGA and SAG after strike. Without the labor of the writers and actors currently on strike, the content being covered here would not exist. everyone and welcome to the Galactic Podcast. I am Lauren Romo. With me as always is my cousin and fellow nerd Andrea Gutierrez. Hello there. Bright Suns. Um, Dark Society. Remember that <laughs> one? Good times. Good times. <laughs> oh, when Star Wars was good. <laughs> when people didn't bitch about the finales and crap. Oh, good time, kids. Good times. What's going on, Ange? How we doing? I'm having fun, you know? It's what we both Came do. off of we this week, this last episode, just loving life. Solid episode. We'll talk about it. We might have maybe some different, but I think we're pretty much on the same track, though, uh, as usual. But we might have different opinions on some stuff. But, yeah, we're here. We're going to talk about the Ahsoka seri- series, question mark, finale. So we'll find out. We'll get into that conversation, too. But before we do all that, kids, if this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We are a Star Wars podcast that discuss anything and everything within that galaxy far, far away. In each episode, we will dive into one or two topics and have a general discussion on them. Topics could be movies, TV series, books, comics, a specific character, you name it. And we talk about it. All right, Ange. This was the finale, quote unquote, of the series, as far as we know. There's not been an announcement post the episode about season two or anything at this moment. So let's talk about that as far as like our, you know, without having any any other information as a series finale. Overall thoughts, Ange. How'd you think? How'd you feel? Anything maybe stick out with you, good or bad, or just question marks? What you got? Let's talk about your feelings. How'd it go? I loved it. I got out of that episode, hands in the air, big stretch. I did a big stretch at the end. I was like, yeah, that's how you do it. That is how you do it. Dang, that was so good. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. I was like, here we go. This is this is feeding into so much more stuff. That's what really had me amped. I was like, the story's not over, not even close. And it's not cliffhangered either. It was perfect. It was it was very close to my expectation, which I say always helps with your fee- overall feeling of the show if it meets your expectations. So it very close, very close to my expectation. Did I feel like oh, I could have used a little bit more time? With that ending, yeah, absolutely. I I wanted to get a little bit deeper into what was going to be the future of our characters that got left on Peridia. But oh man, what we got! I was I was like I I was like fist pumping. I was like yes, let's freaking go! And then my mind's churning, you know, my mind is just churning at what I saw. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't. I can't even. I barely slept. I, just, I was like a madman. I was. Just pacing. There's a lot to talk about, a lot to think about on this finale, 100%. I mean, 
again, you mentioned it before in our on these recaps where because of you know the drop time now of being like an evening thing, you and I sometimes we'll text just real quick thoughts. Again, we usually we keep a lot of stuff. We save it. Yeah, we save a lot. We do. And and, and that's in all honesty, kids, if you if you've been listening to us for a while, you know that. Um But I for me, I liked it. I, there, I don't have a problem with how the story was told, what happened. Again, a lot of things. We're, we'll dive into a lot of, obviously, the, the big stuff, kids. But <clears throat> I I liked it. It It's kind of what I thought. But then again, you and I talked about it the last time on, these, on the previous two episodes. That we really don't know what was going to happen beyond... Thrawn getting away, which we knew, I mean, just made sense to us. And and again, he did. He he got away. Which make again, we knowing what we know as far as future, you know, future projects and just again, but just how the story is being told overall, and not just in Ahsoka, but you talk about Mando. He's been talked about in that series, right? So they are making this guy a bigger thing. So yeah, it made sense in those terms that he wouldn't be still stranded and that our heroes would win this round, right? Made sense that Thrawn won this battle. Will he lose the war? Yeah, I mean, because the good always prevails, right? This is storytelling Star Wars 101, right? The light side will always prevail. But yeah, no, I mean, I think overall I liked it. Did I feel that I wish they would have had and did a little bit more time with certain things? Yes, I agree with you, Andrea. 100%. Specifically on the Balin and Shin stuff. But more specifically on Balin, right? I think they could have used a little bit more time with not even just in the finale, but maybe within the series overall, maybe hinting at more of what he was looking for, like Mortis, instead of giving us that great shot. Again, we'll talk about and dive into all that stuff, but leaving us on that quote-unquote cliffhanger, right? And again, as fans of the Clone Wars and, and Rebels and everything Star Wars, we knew, right? It took me a minute, and I and I I told you that it took me a minute to realize what that statue was. Because when I fir- like when we first were getting that shot, all I was thinking about, man, there's so much like Lord of the Rings stuff in here, and like I was thinking of the statues in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right, cool. Like it didn't even like cross my mind until then. You started texting again. We'll we'll get into the Mortis stuff, but then yeah, I realized that it was obviously the. The statue of the father, the son, and then the 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 daughter as well, just without the the head on the on the statue. But that I wish they would have, and not even just for us as huge fans, but even as the casual fans, to give them a little more context. Because I can see where if you're not big or if you're not as engrossed as we are, as fans, the ending especially specifically for those two characters, right? Shin and Balin, you might come out of the finale being like, well, what the heck? Like where they go? Casual, 
casual fans are a little bit more good guy, bad guy. So they see Fair. a bad guy get away and our good guy stuck. Um, I think they're like, all right, that's the story. Um, and then us who are like steeped in this are just, I was blown away. Yeah, but I think, and I, and I 100% agree. I think if if you're looking at it through like the Thrawn stuff, like, uh, okay, he's a bad, but if you were following the series, right, as a casual fan, and we're following Balin and Shin, right, for the entire series, and then the finale, we see them for about a total of, what, a minute and a half, both together. I, again, as a casual fan, I might be like, what the heck, right? Because, like, you've been setting up these two the entire series, and then the finale, you're just giving me a shot of her holding her lightsaber over her head, which was a great shot, don't get me wrong right and then you get that shot of him on some statue right again without context you might be like okay he's on some freaking statue looking into the great beyond like what what is going on right so again in those terms i wish the finale would have did a little bit better in in that respect again overall i liked that we got from point a to point b right wrong got away ezra got home again we'll talk about all this and, you know, again, it, it kind of makes sense now, though, that they are two, mo- you know, our two heroes that we were following the entire series, Ahsoka and Sabine, they are stranded in Peridia. I mean, it was, could you argue that was just literally a flip-flop of them and Ezra? Yeah, it is, right? But there's, I think there's a point to that. There's a reason why that happens, right? So, yeah, I, again visually and all that stuff it was great i have no no problems with any of that stuff the music again the kiners are so freaking good i know all the music is out now as of today october 8th um all the uh music for the series is out so if you liked it which i know i'm a fan i know andrea i think i can speak for you when i say the music we're getting it we're downloading it it's 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 really really good but yeah again i like all the character stuff ezra and everything we'll get into that but i like all his stuff again thrawn being thrawn the night sisters and the great mothers morgan elsbeth like there's so much Dang. that was that, so cool that they packed in right like there's yeah, there was a lot a lot that they packed in in this like 40 some minute episode and again, yeah, could you, again, and I know, Ange, you feel like there wasn't much of a cliffhanger. I, with a lot of stuff, I feel like it, it was, yeah, n- but I do feel like there was a lot of stuff that is open-ended, again, for reasons probably, right? Because we, again, will we get a season two? I, I believe we will in some way, shape, or form, or we'll get another quote-unquote series where this story continues, Right. Because we are leading to, again, if we believe what we believe and we, you know, think that Filoni's movie is going to obviously be a huge part of this, which they have basically said it is, right? I mean, his movie is supposed to kind of encapsulate all this Mando-verse stuff, right? Mando show, the Boba Fett show, the Ahsoka show, uh, assuming... Again, Skeleton Crew is supposed to be in this era, too. So 
yeah, I'm kind of feeling like maybe Thrawn might show up in Skeleton Crew. Like he he's the big bad that the kids and the regular society are are dealing with. So it makes sense, right? I it mean, does, yeah. So there's just a lot. There's a lot to you know to really dive into. But yeah, I think overall I did like it. Um, I I would put this finale i don't know if i would put it as like a high high in the series it was good but i really for some reason i really liked six and seven specifically seven i really liked that that episode uh you know setting everything up for this finale but again the finale was great it did what it did its job it it wrapped up certain things but again leaving us wanting more right and that's what a good show does it wants it wants you to come back it wants you to want more of the storytelling right so again that's that's my overall um thoughts and feelings uh, of the finale but let's let's dive into it though Ange, because ooh we <laughs> there's a lot i i i, I want to talk about maybe let's let's go not least important but let's go I want to talk about the Night Sisters, the Great Mothers, Morgan Elspeth, because if you are a fan of that stuff, the Night Sisters, like I am, and I think Angie you are too. I'm so glad we got them in live action now, and like we are really exploring this side of Star Wars, right? I mean, I think that's one great thing that in animation that we have gotten is this idea of how other people view the force beyond Jedi in the Sith, right? The witches of Dathomir, they use it, they, they sense it in a very different way. Even if you want to go into rebels in uh, Zeb's people, the Lasats have a very different view of the force and what they call it and everything like that, but it's all the force, right? Like, but how this magic that they use is so freaking cool. And they did a really good job, I thought. This is where I want to start. In the very I mean, again, we start off in this episode with her with Morgan getting transformed into this like night sister. And then the blade of, of Talzin, which was apparently Mother Talzin. I mean, we know that's Mother Talzin's last name. And apparently, I didn't know this. I had I uh saw this you know as in in the social medias as someone posted that that blade was actually used in the clone wars in an episode when she fought uh windu so again that's that's floney that's floney doing his homework right and he knows and that's just little things for again easter egg nerds maybe like us that really like to see it but yeah i andrea your thought did you how did you feel about seeing all that Seeing them, you know, resurrect those night troopers, man. Perfect. It's good stuff, right? It was really great stuff. I, because that was kind of the expectation of those troopers a few episodes back was that they were reanimated. Um, they weren't. Um, but then, you know, through the power of the great mothers, here they come back like zombies. It was such a great touch. Uh, Ahsoka asking Ezra, like, is this normal? And he was like, nope. They don't do that. Never like, had this before. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Um, and then them like uh, presenting the, like you said, the blade of Talzin or the sword of Talzin, whatever it was, to Morgan Elspeth and creating her into a night sister and seeing the green magic and, and seeing that was so dope. 
and it it makes me want to just go back and, and snuggle up next to the Clone Wars and, and watch it again and again and again because these things are being pulled and it's it's just so great. I absolutely loved that Thrawn said that he swears he would never be tricked or outsmarted by a Jedi again. And the fact that he utilizes the great mothers to prevent that, I think is very awesome. So I think we can get in a little bit of like why they're leaving, why they're going to back death mirror. We can get a little bit into that later, but I think something came to that planet maybe about five years ago and they, they felt uh, like the change in the force and they need to go. Honestly, I think there is fear of, of them staying on there. I think Thrawn didn't find them right away. I think um, when Ezra said um, Thrawn found them, I feel like Thrawn was maybe picking off his soldiers and then all of a sudden Thrawn was able to meet up with the Night Sisters, find them and unleash them and or the Great Mothers. And that's kind of like how that went. I don't expect like they, you know, like Thrawn came to Pridia and, and they were there like waiting to greet him. So I think there was a there's a lot of opportunity to tell like what happened during that time of Thrawn and Ezra being on Peridia. But I think there became a moment where they were like, we have to leave. And the other galaxy is, is where we need to be. We, we can no longer reside over this galaxy. So um, it was, it was just great. The, this, the, the costume work, the, the makeup, the, the CG, the everything, it was so great around that and transpired so well into live action. Yeah, I, I think they did such a good job with showing, again, from animation, just like you said, to live action. Because, I mean, just how Morgan, like, reacted. It's just, you've we've seen that in animation. Like, the head kind of flips back, the, the eyes go, and the green, and... It was very, very cool. And then just to see the zombies come alive and you they do like the, the cracking of like the bones or whatever coming back alive. It was so like thriller. At yeah, the end. it I was great. It. it was great. Yeah. They did a good job. It, it was really well done. And I I think, again, to go to to go to you to what you're talking about, about Thrawn and maybe how he found them. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agreed with you where it wasn't where they were waiting for him with like a, a, a flag, right? Like, Hey, we're here. He stumbled upon them and made some type of deal. So I don't know. And, and I, you could be a hundred percent right. Ange, where they want to get off. I don't, and they do. I don't know if it's because of something else on the planet, which again, we kind of are led to believe, right? Because of Balin and what he was, he was saying, in a couple episodes to Shin about, you know, something stirs here. And even Shin brought this idea of them wanting to get off planet. Right. And you could be a hundred percent right. I, for, I, how I read, how I'm reading that stuff is that they found, obviously Thrawn found them. They made a deal uh, with him, obviously saying, listen, we can get you out of here, but you have to help us get these which we'll dive into, I guess now with regards to the, the cargo the that we, yeah, yeah. The, ca the cargo that they want. I, I mean, my my head goes to 
you know, the either more like Night Sisters or Night Brothers too, right? It could be a mix of them, but they wanted to bring them back to Dathomir so they can maybe be either resurrected for some reason or whatever, you know, whatever the great mothers are trying to do on Dathomir. Because something you- is pulling them to Dathomir. Do you wonder what their revenge is or what they're seeking out? Because yeah, to it's me, interesting. Yeah. I would assume it was the Jedi, right? Because of what Dooku and did. But the Jedi don't exist anymore. So it's just really interesting. Like they're what what are why do they want to go back there and and what is their cause that they're going to be seeking? When they're when they're back on Dothmir, or are they just like establishing themselves again? It's really interesting because they like they want to be able to put their themselves in places of power. That's what they did with Maul, right? They gave Maul away to be able to be trained as this Sith apprentice. So it's it's like what 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 are they trying to do? It's so interesting. I I, I think you're I think you nailed it. I really think they're just trying to a reestablish themselves and you know, get back into maybe some type of power within the known galaxy again. Again, we don't know, you know, how long those great mothers have either been there. Have they been there for centuries, millennia? We don't know, right? So how much do they know of what has occurred so far, right? Do they know of what happened to, like, Mother Towson? Do they know all those stories that we know, right? Yeah. Do they know the end of Sidious? Do they know all, all of that? Like, you I would could, think that they you do. Could, I, right. I feel like they, they they read through the threads of time or or whatever that is, and and now they see that it's their time to go and continue off um, what's been left behind because Mother Talzin is gone, Asajj Ventress is gone. You know, all of the Night Sisters were massacred by Dooku. Grievous, but Grievous. Sent, by, sent by Dooku though. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, it's it's interesting because again, it's what is their you know what is their motives, right? You don't really know, right? But it feels like I agree. It feels like they just want to reestablish, right? Because there's no presence that they have in that known galaxy that we're aware of, right? You know why I think they want to leave. No, oh, I know. We'll we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Cause right, we'll get there. We'll get there. But I but yeah, I think they definitely want to reestablish themselves in the known galaxy, and this was the way to do that. And Thrawn was the person that could help them with that because he had a ship and everything. So they saw opportunity, right? And they saw, okay, we can help you. We can help you rebuild your ship. We will send out a message to one of our ancestors, Morgan, so that she can hear it, so that she can do our bidding that we need done so you can get, like, I get, yeah. I mean, it makes perfect sense. But, yeah, I think all those, you know, that cargo is definitely either dead, you know, dead night sisters, dead uh, night brothers, right? And they're going to, you know, get resurrected. Because there's not a lot, as far as we know, currently in canon. Marin from the Jedi Fallen Order slash Survivor is the only known, as far as I'm aware, 
night sister that is still alive post what Grievous did. Right. So it it would, you know, yeah, I, I think they really want to reestablish themselves. And they want to make a power play to again maybe control things in this known gal in this known galaxy is where I was where I go with it. I wish Asajj Ventress was still around. And hey, now magic being magic now. I'm telling you, <laughs> anything's possible. Am I right or wrong with this? You're right. And I mean, when Asajj left us or left this galaxy, she had kind of turned around, you know. She yep. was in a relationship with a Jedi. She had kind of seen the errors of her ways and she wasn't like a, a bad guy anymore. But if you bring her back in in Night Sister fashion, all bets, I mean, everything's off the table. She can come back with the the a heart of vengeance. So please, if anyone is listening to us, please bring Asajj Ventress back. If anybody I, at Lucasfilm actually does listen to us. I please. get it. You marked her death in the timelines book, but that can be fixed. Let's go. What did Thrawn say earlier in the series? You know, Jedi and Night Sisters, you know, resurrection is not, it's not abnormal. They know, what to, they know how to come back from the dead. No, no, no one is ever truly gone. I'm just saying. <laughs> she's one of ours. Especially, you know, I mean, we both oh, love she's her. She's so good. She's a great character. And I wish she had an opportunity to be in live action. And this could be it. Like you're saying, we could get a resurrected Ventress. That maybe doesn't even know her past. Let's do let's do a Tales of the Jedi with Quinlan and Asajj. And then we got that little foothold so that we can bring her back in, people. Bring her into live action. Okay, we're going off the rails, but Asajj Ventures is our favorite, so <laughs> what happens? <laughs> but okay, the circle back to the Night Sisters and the Great Mothers. Yeah, I I, I think it's it's going to be fascinating to see how they, what they do moving forward, right? Within the known galaxy during this time period, right? Because again, in what, what, roughly 20 some years, the First Order arrives, right? Kylo Ren, all that stuff. So we have some time before those events start. And we know, again, as far as we know, Night Sisters, these people, they were not in the known galaxy. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out during this, you know, New Republic slash, you know, remnants of the Empire fight, which is what supposedly, you know, Filoni's movie is supposed to be about, right? According to reports. According to reports. This is what it's supposed to be. So it's going to be fascinating to see how they, how they, what, what role they play in. Right. I mean, do we get a freaking live action Marin at some, mm. you know, does she feel their presence back? I'm just saying we get Cal Kestis again. This <laughs> is wishless kids. I don't I'm going down the road. I'm going down the rabbit hole. But anyway, any anything else and you want to say about, you know, Morgan again, her fight with Ahsoka. We'll talk her about fight with Ahsoka great. was amazing. I really liked it. I did have some issue with some of the fight choreography in this episode. I did as well. I did as well. But I really liked their fight a lot. So it was really great. I the footwork I needed work. Not with not with Ahsoka and um 
Morgan, but some of the choreography, the footwork needed. I would to be cleaned up. I, I would agree. I, again, overall, it was good, right? I mean, their fight was great. Uh, I, you know, when the when the Death Troopers are before they get resurrected, they're fighting Ahsoka, Ezra, and Sabine, and just how they were all kind of like waving, like it felt very prequely. It was and very bad way, but like it, it was just it was what it was, right? It was, and I mean that was one of the biggest gripes um, in the prequels was Mace Windu's uh, way of just kind of casually swinging his lightsaber, right? So it, yeah, that. But to me, it was the footwork. I didn't like it. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I, when I watch dance choreography, like one of the reasons I love Park Jimin of BTS is because his footwork is perfect where you place your foot is intentional with the rest of your body. And there were parts in this fight choreography where the footwork was just kind of staggering. It, it, the, it didn't have intention. It wasn't like watching, um, Nguyen and Hayden, which is perfect to me. That's like peak, that's right. It's peak, perfect. Right. So I felt like it, it needed some work. But again, maybe it's intentional because Sabine is is not fluent with a lightsaber, but um, it was interesting. Yeah. Agreed. No, yeah, it was. I agree. But specifically Morgan and, and Ahsoka, though, that was really good. I really liked their choreography. I liked I, Ahsoka loses one of her blades, but she gains the blade of Mother of Talzin. So that's kind of cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I wonder if she will rebuild another they lightsaber. Got all the parts. They right. Got parts. Right. We'll get into Ezra and all that in a minute. Uh, but yeah, I I I really liked and I had no qualms of Morgan uh, you know, dying in this episode. I, I think it fits her arc. I yeah. I understand it. Was it you know, was it executed or was it what I wanted? No, I kind of wish she would still be alive because I think she was an interesting character. But I think her sacrifice, it made, I guess it made sense. And I like how even when Thrawn was like, you know, for the Empire, and then she says for Dathomir. That was really cool. Because mm-hmm. it shows who, you know, her true like alliance mm-hmm. is with. Is with the Great Mothers, right? And you know it, Thrawn needs to be saying for the Jizz Ascendancy. Oh, uh, well, again, and I didn't have... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll get in we'll get into that in a minute when we talk about Thrawn. But I uh, and I did find it interesting at the point, speaking of Thrawn, when they were leaving and he bombards the the temple or you know, whatever they were at with all the night sister stuff, that one night sister kind of looked at him and like, yeah. uh, what are you doing? Like, what's going why are you doing that? But but it reminded me of when he turned all the all of it the guns on Lothal. Like Oh, which is very, really cool. Right. It was just like it. It was pretty cool. I think even the music matched up. Probably. I mean, leave it to Kiner. I mean, he would do that for sure. But yeah, I think I I found that all very, very interesting. Anything else, Ange, before we move to Thrawn with the that you wanna bring up with Morgan, the Night Sisters, the Great Mothers? Again, what Dathomir. Wasn't expecting it, but cool that we got there. Uh, any thoughts of what, you know, where do you think this is, wh- what role they're going to play in moving forward? Any guesses? Um, I think they're just, you know, going to be an adversary that can, can like, wreck some shop, but not necessarily um, 
come out on top is the way I see it. But like a formidable opponent. So and something that's needed in 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 Star Wars storytelling. It just it just is. Do you think they're going to be continued continue to be loyal to Thrawn after they get would, home? Uh, I don't know. I would love to see Mando fight some of them Night Sisters. Hey, again, Mando's Mandalorians four, versus them. We do know, and again, in Mando season three, we know that um, Captain was uh, what's what's his name? I saw Pelion. No, 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 not Pelion. The guy from the New Republic, the pilot. Oh, um, Tava, Tava, yeah, Carson Tava, Carson Tava. So you know that you know he basically hired Mano to go do like, so like to do some recognizance or do some missions, right? When yeah. needed. Yeah. Hey, man, we hear something going on in Dathomir. Go check it out. Why not? With little oh Grogu, nice girls. I give it to me. Give it to me. And they could do that, right? Because again, you you're setting up to where these people are in that galaxy now. And again, with with what we know of the Mandoverse, that could happen, right? Carson could be like, hey man, we're hearing some weird stuff. Can you go check it out for us? Because we're we're limited. Right? And then you bring in Bo, because Bo knows. I'm oh, trying yeah. to think if Bo knows about well, he she knows about Maul. Does she know about the Night Sisters? I don't know. But she's fully aware of Maul, so she knows. Like he well, the sh- not the Shadow Collective, the Death Watch. Sh- yeah, they yeah. they kind of met up on. They kind of took base on Dothamir, right in the Son of Dothamir oh, comic. Can't remember, did they? They might have. I had that comic, but you might be right though. I think they did. So they could be very. Yeah, she Bo could be very aware of Dothamir. So again, Bo knows everything, man. Fair, but that's where again you could put these characters in situations like that but yeah let's i mean let's get to thrawn himself i i loved it i love that he got away because again makes sense right i was not so that didn't really surprise me again you and i we talked about it we were like yeah he's if we knew one thing going into the finale we knew he was going to get away but how he got away was really really interesting right i mean his tactics Again, he sends the TIE fighters out first, right? And then he knows that slows him down. But I like how he's like, I am not. He basically is like, this apprentice of Skywalker ain't going to screw me over. I am not taking any chances. And like, I think you mentioned it earlier when he said, you know, I am not going to make the same mistake like I did before. It was great. It was great. I I love what he did. So, Andrew, go ahead. Start. Talk to me about, you know, Thrawn. His tactics that we saw, him leaving, what you got? His tactics were great. You know, he sends out two fighters, uh, says if they encounter them to fire upon them. Um, And then Enoch comes back and says, oh, they took out the ship. And Thrawn's like, all right, now um, let's (laughs) rain fire down on them because they're still coming. So um, he... And what what surprised me was after that moment when they did make it into the temple or whatever they're in, um, when they could make it through the doors, Ahsoka, Sabine, and Ezra, um, the frustrated look on his face, like, uh, man, that was my one chance, and now I got to keep going at this because I can't ignore what they're doing. And he 
calls on the power of, of the great mothers. It was so great to see uh, Thrawn with human uh, reactions, um, not, you know, not reading them, not seeing them in animation, seeing a uh, live action actor uh, create the look of frustration on Thrawn's face was so, so awesome. I was, that's when I was like, man, this is, this is like a Star Wars fan's dream. I can't believe we're seeing this. I can't believe that we're listening to Son or to to Thrawn sigh or uh, like clench his teeth or or any of that. It was it was so great. But then still keep composure and continue on to the next thing that he had planned because his last thing didn't quite work out, um, and he he knows what to do for the for the next. So. And he put everybody in play, you know. He put uh, the great mothers in play, uh, reanimating the the night troopers. He had those other freaking death troopers with those zombie faces. Oh my god, those are so cool. That was real cool. He put Morgan in play. Uh, he he was so smart. And then, I mean, I kind of the fact that when he jumped, he got to have one last conversation with Ahsoka. He called her a Ronin. He, you know, made a little jab about that she may become what with the same fate of her master. It was it was so freaking good. I mean, leave it to him to just be like, oh, I want to talk to her for a minute. <laughs> I want to talk to her. Let me let me. I need to say something. It was it was awesome. I loved it. No, yeah, I think perfectly done. Like you said, with him wanting to talk to her, like, ah, let me, let me, let me give her kudos for, you know, a good effort, but that I just want her to know that I won, that she had failed and that she's going to be stranded here, you know, for the rest of time while I go do stuff. And to call her Ronan, you know, to call her a, a samurai with no master. Oh, so good. Again, deep cut. Deep, deep, from deep, deep, and you got to give it to him for that one. That was a great, that was a great call. Yeah, I really liked how throughout the episode, you know, he did one thing, right? Like you're saying, he first, you know, when Enoch says, okay, we think we have a location. Okay, send two, two TIE fighters. They do what they do. And, you know, then he's like, all right, well, I know what's going to happen because like you, like we're talking about. He knew who Ahsoka was. He knows that's, you know, that's Anakin's apprentice. He knows that, okay, well, she's going to be as wild and unpredictable and as her master. And what does he do? He always goes for it, right? He will charge the front gates. And that's what he prepared for, right? So he was ready for that. And then even if that failed, he was ready. Like you're saying, he was just ready. His preparation, he was not going to be stopped. You know, he threw everything at them to get off of that planet. And, and I mean, that is a victory yeah. for him. Oh, it's huge. It's a huge victory for him. It's huge because that's what he, that's, he didn't care about anything else besides getting off this planet from exile, right? So, I yeah, I, I like that. I even like the fact that when Enoch came back, you, you talked about it just a minute ago, and he was like, yeah, okay, the TIE fighters did disable the ship. But, you know, we, we don't know anything else, right? The report. And Thrawn's like, all right, cool. You know, that's fine. Uh, you know, mark the captain. Get the captain the citation. <laughs> like, it's just, 
It's so thrown. Like, I'm going to mark you down for what you just did, even though you kind of helped out, but you screwed up too. So uh, even in death, I'm going to give you a citation. I'm noting your account, buddy. Like, I just I just love that for, for Thrawn. But then, yeah, I think that last few moments of him talking to Ahsoka was just some real Thrawn stuff. Because that's Thrawn talking to Hera at the end of uh, season three, right? Like, I got you. Or that's him talking to the rebels in, uh, at the end of season four, thinking that he won when he's over the thaw. Like, you know, this is, I'm not here for your surrender. I'm not here to listen to that. I am here to, you know, destroy you. And the fact that, you know, he, he calls her out, right? You're saying calling her a Ronin and everything, but then even again, alludes to the fact that he obviously knew Anakin and that he knew what he became, which again, not a lot of people know. So again, even that dig, like, yeah, I know what he became and you know, are you going to turn out that way too? So yeah. eh, maybe, maybe you're better off over here while you're stranded, you know? So I, I loved it. I mean, he's, I, do you, here's my question though, Ange, again, we know who Thrawn is, right? We've watched Rebels. We have read the books. We know what type of villain he is. Do you feel the show did a good job of portraying uh, how much of a real threat he is? Do you think they could have done better? What's kind of your angle with that? You know, kind of obviously reflecting on the on the series and all that now. Do you think that could have been done better? Or do you feel like, no, I think they, or did you feel like they succeeded in, like showing how much of a threat he real really is to again non cat the just the casual fans. I th I think they did. I think um in Star Wars history, most Grand Admirals screw up and have to answer to Vader or um Tarkin or Palpatine, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Tarkin, right. Um and and Tarkin was a pretty great he was a moth but he was a great example of being in control of all parts around him until the, the unexpected happened. Very and Thrawn I, kind of, right? Very very Thrawn and I think that's exactly the way they displayed Thrawn in this last episode. So, you know, I I talked about it last time I was a little bit upset with his look, his physique and um how if I was describing Thrawn to someone that's never seen him before, I would say he was this. And I was a little bit disappointed that's not like how he was portrayed. But I feel like in, in this episode, they nailed it at him being the tactician, a step ahead, you know, the master chess player. And also he'll sacrifice what he has to to, to get where he's going. And that means... If there's a piece on his team that needs to go because um, it will advance him further, then he is going to use it. So I thought they did a really great job at showing that, one, he, he doesn't... It was interesting that his alliance now is the Empire, right? They, they, they definitely, like, put that in there, like, long live the Empire. And I think that's kind of connecting it back to Mando a little bit and, and Moff Gideon and the 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 message of the shadow collective. So, but I, th I thought they did a great job. He's, he, he's going to be trouble. I don't think the new Republic can handle Thrawn. I don't. Not without the help of 
you know, with not without the help of Hera, her knowledge, Ezra now. Yeah, we'll not get, without we'll the help Ezra. of of Jedi. I don't think Thrawn Thrawn can't get beaten by the New Republic without the help of Jedi. I agree. No, I agree. I it's going to be fascinating to see how the New Republic reacts now, right? I hope we get Ziono's reaction. Yeah, I don't like uh, a little weasel. I don't like him. Uh, I like his son. <laughs> Kaz is cool. I know Kaz is great. His dad, not so much. But yeah, I, it's going to be fascinating how, okay, what will the New Republic do now? What is their plan since he has returned? And even, my, again, that real that scene uh, in a couple episodes ago where Mom Matha you know, was talking to Hera, she was like, shoot, shoot me straight, kid. Like, what, what's put your feelings aside tell me what wh- do you think this is real do you think this will happen and Hera was very like yeah dude we need to prepare like we're if we don't then we're going to lose and we're going to be in trouble and now that it's a that is a not a that's a reality now it's not fantasy right they are in deep trouble especially if again if he continues using the great mothers, right? If that alliance still is in place, that that's big too. Because now, not only does he have, like you're saying, Anne's the Shadow Collective who are behind him, right? Minus Gideon, who was like screw thrown. Small potatoes. Right. You have all those other ones. Pelion, uh, Hux's dad. They're all Team Thrawn. And they're Team Palpatine. Yep. 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 So it's going to be interesting with regards to, A, how the New Republic reacts. What What is their plan? Again, yeah, they're going to have to rely on Hera and Ezra now. And then, again, will Thrawn keep that alliance with the Great Mothers? I think that you could maybe argue that they're like, no, we're good. We're going to do our own thing now. Thanks for the help. Right? They could. They could. So I find it. So it's going to be fascinating moving forward with Thrawn, the Great Mothers, where this goes. And if that alliance is going to be intact when we see them next. And I, I yeah, that he is, he's a fascinating character. I'm glad we got him in live action. Lars did a tremendous job of bringing him to live action, using his voice. It was, yeah, it was good. I can't wait to see what else, what, what, what threat, what, like, what is his plan now? Right now that he got out, right now that he's out of Peridia, now that he's back in the known galaxy, now that he is seemingly has fulfilled his, alliance as we know it with the great mothers what does he do now right what's his plan just to get the shadow you know the shadow council all together to restart the empire under you know the guidance of what the what palpatine wanted via um uh uh was it cider what is that that's the that was the code name i think in battlefront 2 Operation Cinder. Oh, Cinder. Cinder. Operation Cinder. 
will, in he, era, just, in the, will he just do that? Yeah. In the Heir to the Empire trilogy, Thrawn's looking for a fleet. That's what he needs. And maybe that, I mean, that he definitely needs more. I mean, he has a huge ship, but yeah, he doesn't have a lot of other people with him, right? Besides the the Grey Mothers, who are good at, who are good people to have. But yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, but even if he does reestablish with the remnants, right? Finds them and gets this fleet. Is it just the, the same old, like, yeah, we're going to take back the galaxy again? I guess. And or they does become he the get... first order. I mean, I think that's kind of where we go. I mean, what's bad is kind of know that he doesn't win, you know? Well, we do, right. But we don't know, does he get exiled again, right? We don't right. know what happens. True. Right. Or do, is his, uh, is the Chiz Ascendancy in trouble and he, his intention was just to get back to get back to home because his intention to connect with the empire was to be able to help out his known galaxy or known regions of the Chiz ascendancy to be fair that's via books right that's the yeah. that's the vibe that you if you read the books 100 percent agree with you Ange. right if you haven't read the books and you've just watched say rebels you probably you have no idea any of that Right. So I well, wonder if they, I wonder if they bring that in somehow. Right. Yeah. But I said this last week is this show is feeding into so many new projects that we know are coming up. Dawn of the Jedi, the the Mandoverse, Filoni movie. And now you can even see it moving into uh, the, the Ray story in the beginning of the new Jedi Order and whatever that is supposed to be. Because, right, maybe Thrawn does get exi exiled. Maybe he leaves to go assist the Chiz. Maybe the Chiz become the enemy. Maybe the Gris become the enemy. Maybe, who knows? There's there's going to be a formidable opponent. What we know is, and, and who knows, maybe Balin is successful with being able to start this all over again and and channel the force correctly or or channel the force across the universe correctly so this series is amazing it's such a catalyst for so many different things in a very perfect way no well well said yeah i i think there's a lot of different directions it could go there's a lot of different things that they could do to get us to the points where we are familiar with right to get us to the sequel trilogy and then, like you're saying, and beyond to the race story to, hey, what happened 25,000 years ago, right? With the with the dawn of the of the entire Jedi order or the dawn of the Jedi themselves. Right. And then, yeah, clearly we know this is a big, bigger connection to the New Republic versus the remnants. Right. And that movie that Filoni is supposedly working on. Right. That we know. I mean, again, that's all been reported pretty much confirmed by you know lucasfilm that those are the three movies right so it's gonna be fascinating it's gonna be real real fascinating uh anything else on thrawn or anything like that before we get to like ezra and all the our heroes nope uh question you think we're gonna get any backstory of what thrawn had to deal with on peridia i hope so whether yeah. maybe a book or even a comic, I'll take either or. I don't. I mean, obviously, I don't. Unless we get flashbacks, 
maybe. But I would love, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind a good old comic or a, a, a novel of what was going on during that time. I mean, my assumption is that, you know, they obviously were exiled the entire time. He somehow stumbled upon these, the great mothers in some way, shape or form, right? At some point when he was exiled. And that's when this entire plan started forming of how he was getting off, right? So A, obviously, I don't, maybe he was probably looking for Ezra, obviously, the entire time, right? But was more focused on getting off and getting out of Peridia. And then when he came, when he came across the Great Mothers, that's when, again, they were able to help him succeed. It took a while, but they had to rebuild his ship, right? Which probably took, a long time because that ship is huge and it was severely damaged during the um when the Purgle took him to exile, right? So there's a a lot that I don't know a lot of action happened, but I wouldn't mind knowing how he stumbled upon the Great Mothers though. Do you think the Great Mothers communicated with the Chiz? No. No, 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 no. 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 I think they were just communicating with Morgan. Okay. Do you feel, I mean, what what do you think? Maybe via the Skywalkers? Not the Skywalkers. The Chiz Skywalkers that navigate the galaxy. Do we know if the Chiz Skywalkers, if they, I mean, we know they use it for travel. They can predict, yes, the travel and the movement. They can predict things that are happening before them. And I think in Thrawn Alliances, when he discusses things with Anakin and Vader, I think he 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 makes that connection that that is what is what's going on with them. But I don't know if the Chiz were using them in that way. So I don't know if those like I don't know if those Skywalkers in the in the Chiz Ascendancy would be able to communicate or even you know what I'm saying like have the training to be able to communicate or whatever? Does that make sense? Am I making so sense? So in the pre-stories, like the greater good and stuff like that, um, Thrawn was using Cheery, one of the young Skywalkers, and he like took her um, to utilize her in different ways. And, and un- like, that sounds really creepy, but um, like there's not a part of the story that's missing where he used Cheery and was going to teach Cherry different things so that she could utilize her powers and not lose them because the Skywalkers in the exactly. Jesus yeah, I remember that eventually lose their power and he was going to assist her in in like honing her her power um and I think when he then ran into Anakin that he he got that as well too so I don't know it's really interesting um I would love for the Chiz to to be more well known in in casual Star Wars viewing, I think it would be great. Yeah, I, I think introducing them would be really cool because again, having some context of what his society, his people are like, I think it would be. I think that that would be good for casual fans because I think a lot of people in that in the Chiz are similar to Thrawn. Maybe not as smart, but they... Oh, like Admiral Arlani? Right. They're very Mm. tactical, right? Yeah. 
So it'd be interesting for them to, again, bring that in. I'm, I'm with you, Andrew. I wouldn't hate it at all. I would love it. So we'll see, though, right? We'll see. Maybe he does get the chiz involved for whatever reason, right? But again, like like you said, though, in the books, his his kind of really big goal is to learn about the Empire and then be able to report that back to the chiz and tell them where they're at as far as are they a threat, not a threat, right? So we'll see. We'll see. But as far as, you know, one of Thrawn's biggest adversaries is our boy, Ezra Bridger. Love it. God, he's so good. Uh, he, he was so on brand. Book, yes. The, he was the, so on brand this episode. It yeah. was great. Um, the guy that plays him, and I and I, I can't remember his first name, as Mahdi does such a good job, like pulling Ezra from the the animation that we are familiar with to live action, like really like it's perfect. It is great. mannerisms, the way he talks, like he, he did his homework. Like he did not take this, like, you know, the, the, the job or whatever as Ezra Bridger lightly, like he did his homework and it shows. Right. And even Natasha for Sabine, she did her homework. Oh Yeah. Right. I mean, they did their homework and under and but that shows that they understand how important these characters are to a lot of us fans. So I with with Ezra, though, I want to start with him making his own lightsaber. Didn't have that on my bingo card, but I'm glad he did. <laughs> yeah. I love that is blue. Going back to the blue. I know. Don't hate it. And the caveat of having it basically Kanan's very similar to Kanan's. Very awesome. How did you feel about all that? Well, talk to me about about that about that entire scene. That whole scene with him and Hu Yang, I thought was outstanding. I feel like if you were not a deep Star Wars fan, you might have been a tiny bit lost. One calling Kanan Caleb, um, that that type of stuff. So, um, but it. it and it was good establishing Hu Yang as well, too, like f- to make sure everybody knows like how integral he was at the Jedi Academy, teaching the younglings and teaching all Jedi how to build their lightsabers. And that how he, long he's been around, how long he's been around, how he archives it, how he saves parts, how they're organized, disorganized. That part was so freaking great. I absolutely loved it. Um, and. It, it it was a it was a really great scene. It was a little bit frustrating was the telling of Sabine and Ahsoka's story in that way um, instead of Sabine and Ahsoka telling what happened on Mandalore. But it was nice that um, like it could just be summarized like that. And who have then a better way to tell it than Hu Yang, who is one of the best droid storytellers ever that we're we're getting you know he's such a great addition to the star wars lore he really is i love that they have incorporated him into the story so when he pulled out that piece that kanan piece i knew exactly what it was i immediately could envision kanan's lightsaber in my head and i was like that is it that is so cool it was so cool yeah i immediately when he showed it to him and then Ezra turned it and it had that little part 
the circle. Yeah. I'm like, and the disc. Oh, I just imagine Hayden taking it apart. I'm like, yep. oh, that's his saber. I'm like, oh, that's, that's so cool. good. That was good. That was real good. And then even for Hugh Yang to be like, oh, okay, now I get it. Like, obviously he didn't understand who Ezra was or, you know, but then when right. being said, yeah, he was Kanan's. He's like, oh yeah. Okay. Well, here's, here's a piece. This is, this is what you're looking for. I knew that. He could have just told me what I had it done in two seconds. But I love that. And I love that he got, again, he rebuilt a saber. I'm so pumped that he has another saber. That's like what his third saber he's built. Right. <laughs> Which I love. I still have his very first saber is one of my favorites. I agree. I love the blaster saber. Oh, it's classic. perfect. Classic. I love it. But I like this new one's clean though, too. Like the with the homage to Kanan's and then the silver and black. Oh yeah, I like it. I like it. I I am down for his his new saber. It to to go to your you know that what you said about Ezra finding out what happened. I I wasn't mad about how like that it was between that we found out between Hugh Yang and Ezra, because I feel like for. And it's kind of jumping, but for us to find out through Ahsoka and Sabine, I feel like that would have felt, for me, a little off because those two are so similar and they're so fiercely, like, independent and they're not good at maybe expressing their feelings. Guarded? Well. Right. So them trying to talk their feelings out. Not going to happen. Right. So ha having getting contacts from Hugh Yang because again, he knows both of them made sense for me. Yeah. That and is then, appropriate. And then, and I love how Ezra, you know, Ezra, that must, how, how he must felt to hear all that. Right. Cause he knows who, you know, his family, right. He knows who Sabine's family was. He met him, you know, so he probably understands a little bit more of what's going on with Sabine now. Right. And all that, like, I I didn't yeah I was cool with it I love the Hugh Yang Ezra factor was great I hope we get more interactions with them down the road because they're just they're so great I loved it and yeah I mean calling Hugh Yang out for being disorganized and like you know and even you know he's basically like you know I know what I'm doing now you're just a droid he Hugh Yang's like sir do you know who I am like I have trained everybody on how to build their sabers. So nonsense, kid. Nonsense. And I loved it. I loved it. And then him seeing him in action was great. You know, him and Ahsoka pushing the, the ship up. Very uh, so cool. it didn't, yeah, so it didn't um, you know, hurt the naughty. Loved it. And I loved his, you know, the fighting style. I I was fine with it, right? I mean, him doing like a slide with the slash when they get to the um, night troopers was great. Um, his him and uh, and Sabine's just back and forth. God, it felt so rebels, and I loved it. You know, especially that moment where he, they're you know after the night troopers get resurrected, and then one like gets Ezra and, and is like holding him, and he was like Sabine, and just how he said Sabine, like how he said it, I was like, God, that sounds like Taylor. Like it just it sounded like Taylor who who voices Ezra in the animation, and then like when she's like trying to shoot, he's like careful, careful. Like it was just so Ezra, and then she you know uses a saber, and you know his reaction of like 
oh, that you know, good moves. And Ahsoka's like, you, you know, she's been practicing. And Sabine's like, what's your excuse? I'm like, God, that's perfect. It's it's them. It's yeah. so them, right? And then he says, you know, I missed you. Like, yeah, it's just it's good stuff. Like, I love, I love those two. And then, like you're saying, their fight when they get to the Death Troopers, that was fun. You know, seeing like those dead Death Troopers and just how huge and strong they are. And, you know, Ezra, you know, slicing one of their heads off was, you know, with a saber again. His saber work was good. I, I didn't mind it, you know. And then the whole, you know, trusting Sabine to use the force and everything. I think, again, Loved that was it. great. That was really, really great. And, you know, him back on the ship with, with Thrawn. It was just like, here we go again. But now we're going home, right? He's going home. I am curious, though, how, you know, again, well, again, real quick, before I kind of get to that, that thought I just had, him, um, you know, uh, communicating over the uh, stormtrooper. Pretending to be a stormtrooper. So perfect. Loved it. <laughs> like, it's so Rebels, and it's like, uh, how many times has he done this? I loved it. You know, and I, I am kind of curious, though, like, this... Did the Great Mothers not realize that he made it onto the ship? Like, again, it's one of those things where I'm letting it go. I don't care. He got home. He, he, you know, again, he was dressed up as a stormtrooper. I get it. Yeah. And he, he stole Shin and, um, Balin ship. Balin yeah. ship. I'm fine. Whatever. I don't, I don't care. Like it's, that's, that's where I have to like set aside that like personally and be like, whatever we're, we're getting from A to B. I don't care how. I don't need I don't need it explained, right? I mean, maybe Alex, Alex, if you listen to this, I doubt it, but if you do, maybe explain it. Maybe you can do a whole video on it. But yeah, I I but I don't care, right? He just him going to Hera was a great moment. How did you feel about it? I want to hear your thoughts first. Um, I loved like I I said it was on brand for him and Sabine. Um, their banter back and forth. Um him with a lightsaber again, you know, I, I know a lot of people were like, oh, man, I love it that he just uses the force. Um, and it was kind of cute, and I did, like, too. I, I did, too. I said that. Yeah, I know. did, too, because I, I'm all about that because I've brought it up multiple times how Ahsoka was out without a lightsaber for so long. And she had to utilize uh, the force without having a weapon. So I'm I'm all about that. But you got to love it when when you have a light when a Jedi finally has a lightsaber. And the the you the push me the throw me I loved every second of that because it reminds me of when Ezra gets Maul to do it and he says me and my master do it all the time and and you know him just um, believing in that Sabine can do it not at first but then he's like okay and then you kind of think oh my god he doesn't make it and it's, it's there's a little bit of comic relief in that too. Um, it it was just really awesome it was just it was very nostalgic rebels it had really great rebels feels to it i loved it it was really big rebels feels right like it was yeah. just, it was great i mean just seeing those two do their thing and then him to just like you're saying trust her not at first but then like all right well i there's what else are we going to do i got to trust her you know and i, I loved all that how did you feel the, you know, when he gets back to home one and, you know, they're all, they're all like guns ready because they don't know who it is. 
how did you feel about that whole scene? Uh, how that went it down? It could have been better. Okay, um, okay. I think I liked that Chopper kind of interceded and was like, "No, I th- I think I know who this is." And um, it was a little bit weird that like there wasn't a hug involved or like some sort of like strong embrace of while wow, your fine hair is like my God, you're finally back. They got you, but maybe her concern is also Sabine. Um, but it it was good. It you know it was it was good. I, I'm glad that that didn't get left out. To be honest, I'm glad that's you know that we got to see that. Yeah, I. I'm glad that we got to see him come back and to meet, you know, to see Hera and everything. I know that's a big kind of thing going around about the hug, no hug. Yeah. I, I it seems weird. I, I could give two. I could care yeah. less. You don't hug. I mean, no, I guess not. But not you even don't. that, though. Like, but no, I just, that's what it is. <laughs> no, it's not that. I, I just don't like I in the moment. I just didn't like it wasn't. Like, I didn't need that to really sell the emotion. Like, I feel like what they did prior to that, like him revealing himself, her, like, in shock. Like, I just, I felt it in that in that moment already. So, like, seeing a hug, yeah, it would have been great, right? Because, right, I mean, that, for all intents and purposes, that was his mom, right? I mean, she raised him. So, I did I need it? No. Do I understand why people want it though? Oh yeah, I get it. But it's not one of those things where I'm going to like, you know, die on that hill of like, oh, they should have, you know, they screwed up. They should have did this and that. Like, I'm not going to die on that hill. I would have loved to like maybe get uh, a Zeb appearance. I would have liked to maybe even see (laughs) Jason, Jason show up. And and Ezra Locke's eyes with Jason, like that would have been pretty cool as well, too. So um, I feel like it could have been better. But what it was, I'm cool with. Again, I think we maybe get those. I don't know if we get all those moments, maybe. But I definitely am interested to see Jason and Ezra interact. You know, do I need that moment where they first see each other? I mean, right. It'd be great, right? It'd be great as a fan. especially being ones that have watched rebels and we know the significance of that moment it'd be nice to see like i get I, like again like seeing the hug i also think it it's hard for her to see ezra right because it's also oh, like right. yeah. seeing canaan so i think that's a little bit of what it was it's like a little bit of man i can i can get everybody i love back but i can't get canaan back i think is a, a little bit of that hesitation as well too I agree. I agree. I think that's a hundred percent, you know, would be on brand for Hera too. Right. I think that would make a lot of sense. So yeah, there's just, again, I, I overall, right though. I, 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 I was fine with that. I like how Chopper was like, is that you? Is that you? You can kind of like hear it. So yeah, but bring, uh, you know, him saying, hi Hera, I'm home. Like that was great. Like it was just really, really well done. And I, I'm excited to see, Again, what happens now with Hera, with Ezra? I mean, they have to... Ezra has a lot of catching up to do. Or at least has to catch up Hera on a lot of what's going on. Right? So, and they have to, you know, notify the New Republic. What is their... Like we were talking about earlier, what is their response going to be? So, yeah, having Ezra back in the known galaxy is huge, though. I'm excited. I'm very excited to see what what they're going to do. 
Does he come across Grogu Amando at some point? That would be cool. Very cool. I I think it could happen. Right? He's in play now. So, and maybe he, maybe he visits Bo-Katan. He knows her, right? I mean, they, Mm -hmm. they, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in, yeah, in the first couple episodes of uh, season four. So, yeah, I mean, I think it'd be very, very cool for all that to, uh, to see that maybe again, and maybe in Mando four season four. Right. But yeah, I, I loved all the Ezra stuff. I thought the actor did a phenomenal job and I am very excited that we have him in live action and that we know he's alive, right? That we know he's back in the known galaxy and he's ready to, (laughs) to do some Ezra stuff. And I, I'm excited. Any anything else, Andrew? Before we move on to Sabine and Ahsoka, with uh, anything last minute with um, Ezra, you want to bring up? No, um, I'm pretty ready for Sabine and Ahsoka. Yeah, Sabine. I she was one of my standouts. Besides Balin, uh, I think Natasha did a really good job with this character, and I had no qualms with how they did everything with her. Right with her being able to force grab the lightsaber. Oh no. I had no all that, that stuff. Right. I had zero problems. I like how she mixed it up with the blaster and saber during the fight. I, again, I think she did a great job throughout the series. I liked it. Go ahead. So give me your thoughts. I love, me your thoughts. I love how she crashed the shuttle and she came walking out Ghost and she, and she said, got him." it. I think I almost forgot. Like, how she relied so much on explosives, blowing crap up, and then Zeb loving it and wanting to do it as well too. Like that was that was a Sabine Zeb moment. Like, yeah, I crashed a ship, but I got him. We're good. That was a great moment. What else? Yeah, yeah. So go ahead. What else you got with with her in this finale? Yeah, I mean, it it's such a good portrayal of what we've seen in animation. And it's about time that she's able to utilize the force. And I think anybody that was surprised by those moments didn't watch Rebels because and didn't listen to the lesson that Kanan was teaching her and Ezra while he was teaching her to use the Darksaber. So and then wasn't paying attention to what Ahsoka has been trying to teach her as well, too. Do I think that maybe her power was uh, unlocked because of the place that she was at? Is pretty strong with the Force? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't really care. Um, Because I know, like, in the moment when you need it, if you're connected to it, it comes to you. And that's exactly what they displayed. I love the pull of the lightsaber. Very, very Ray Force Awakens. I love, I just already told you, I love the push. It was so Rebels. It was so Kanan and Ezra. It was outstanding. Um, she's not great with a lightsaber. Ahsoka recognizes it, tells her to use her blasters. That's very cool as well, too. And um, the conversation between her and Ahsoka and Ahsoka, like, pledging that she's not going to leave her side is where we needed to be between those two. So uh, my favorite character through this entire series was Sabine, hands down. Like, she just was. The the actress, uh, Bordizo, the way that she she portrayed sabine the look of sabine everything the the mannerisms the the voice everything was was so great and exactly what i would want 
people that are just being introduced to Sabine to see. I mean, it was a great way to kick off Sabine to live action fans and casual Star Star Wars fans. It was great. And I don't mind that she's left stranded with Ahsoka. I I don't. I, I they need that time to um have her convene with the force and and do what she needs to do to become a Jedi. I want her to be a Jedi. I want people that are too old to become Jedi become Jedi. That's what I want. So I hope we get to dive back into that. I hope she makes it back to the known galaxy. I think there's a lot of story to tell with Sabine and I think Filoni is doing a really great job on capitalizing on that character. Yeah, no, uh, well said. I 100% agree. I think she is one of the standouts overall. Her character, I mean, even going back to her introduction, that episode was great. On that speeder? Yeah. It was great. Rocking out to some rock metal, space rock metal. It was great. Like that, that was such a Sabine like entrance. I'm like, okay, yeah, they're good. Not that I didn't think Filoni could do it, but like I was like, all right, yeah, he knows what to do. He knows how to like interest the general audience. I think for me, and again, yeah, the the force pull, the force push stuff. We talked about it. Yeah, I totally fine with it. I like that moment. I think it built right. We were waiting for a moment like that because we talked about it last, you know, in our last episode. They're building towards it, right? You don't start with the cup thing and her trying to use it, you know, a few times throughout the series and then not to do something. So, yeah, I, I, I had no, no issues with it. I think it makes sense. It's not that she all of a sudden without training, right? Cause she's been, she's she, been training. Exactly. That's my point. Ugh. She's been training for over how long. Right. And yeah, so she finally was able to do it. It makes sense. And I and to go back to that, you know, the reasons why Ahsoka did not want to train her, right, was because of what happened on Mandalore. And she felt that, you know, if Sabine was able to unlock her potential at that time, it could have been dangerous. She could have used it for vengeance, right? Right, which makes sense for Ahsoka back then. So I I told I like and I I kind of like that we got that story now because it does put it in context, right? But I do wonder, and I don't know if we have an answer yet, Ange. But what's your idea of when did they start training? Like when did I wonder when Sabine and Ahsoka started? Like when she wanted to start this path of being a Jedi? Was it pre the Mandal like the the um? night of a thousand tears or was it after because that story from how i'm how i am in am interpreting it is that after that moment sabine wanted to start training and then she did but then ahsoka realized what happened and then she stopped like how how do you read that how do you reading all that like what's your thoughts uh, I assume that they were training prior to the Night of a Thousand Tears, that maybe Ahsoka came back right after the Battle of Lothal trying to connect with Ezra or whoever, and they weren't there and, and came cross paths with Sabine, right? Because Ahsoka wasn't always the fulcrum. She went into Malachor and vanished for a little bit and then had to come back. And um, she probably reconnected with um the rebel fleet Hera and all that yeah Hera and all them 
was identified as fulcrum again and she started training sabine i think the night of the thousand tears was happening and sabine wanted to go there and ahsoka wouldn't allow her to get involved because um that would create an attachment that's an attachment that sabine needed to learn how to break free from and once maybe ahsoka saw how badly that scarred ahsoka that's when ahsoka left her because they've said it plenty of times ahsoka left sabine ahsoka left sabine that's why i left sabine right so i think that they were training before i think ahsoka prevented her from going to assist with what happened on mandalore and then i think um that's when they broke up and because right and it because of her fearing that if she continues the training it could be dangerous she could yeah yeah yeah, no, I, I can see that as well. So I, yeah, I'm interested if they will expand on that a little bit in any way, shape, or form eventually. I don't know if we really need it. Do you need any further explanation? Or you're like, I got I the gist. I can kind of fill in the the lines. Um, I think it would have been somewhat nice to be able, this sounds really creepy, but would have been nice to see Sabine traverse like the stages of grief and to see how devastating it was when Ahsoka left. I feel like that needs like a needs to be fleshed out maybe a little bit, but to me in my head canon, that's what happened. No, I like it. I can I again, I can I I see all that for sure and, I, and it makes it would make total sense uh for that for that how that would happen, right? For her to like, leave her for again, four reasons that Ahsoka felt, right? It's not even, and that's again, I think the bigger, maybe obviously the problem with with what with how Sabine took that, you know, Ahsoka just leaving her, like she was just like, you're not even giving me a chance. Like you're just assuming, right? Ahsoka's just assuming that if she continues Sabine down this path, it's going to end terribly because of past experiences. Or, the fact that Sabine felt as though she needed Ahsoka, she brought that up in the first episode. Ahsoka says she's go, I go where I'm needed, and Sabine flat out said, "Not, Not always. always, right?" So, um, yeah, it it would have been good to see that, but I I get the gist. Yeah, we got yeah we got the the gist of it, and I, I'm cool with it. Right? I mean, it makes sense. Now that we have more context, right? So, yeah, I have, yeah. And then the very end, you know, with Ahsoka and Sabine and them obviously talking about, you know, being where they're needed, right? And Ahsoka telling Sabine, you know what? You did good. And Sabine even doubting herself, like, did I though? Because Thrawn got away. But then I like how, again, the the newer Ahsoka, if you want to say, you know, was like, no, you didn't. You got Ezra home. Right? Yeah. Yeah. She tells her we're we're where we need to be and it's time to move on. And that was I mean, Ahsoka could have been looking in a mirror and saying that to herself, right? So um that that tiny little um that little saying of it's time to move on, I thought was um what really pushed this episode and can get everybody moving to the future. Agreed. No, I 100% agree. And then again, in 
for her to like feel maybe Anakin's presence. Oh boy, I don't even want to get into it. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll jump to Ahsoka in a minute, but yeah, that was cool. Again, just a little oh boy. That little moment was interesting, yeah. and you know, you just it's yeah. I I am I am so happy for the character of Sabine. Yeah, because like, again, it's one of those like. And I think, and Angie, I think you brought it up before, you know, with the Force Center, right? With Joseph and Ken and Jennifer, how they're very much like, you know, hey, you see a friend doing good things and you're happy. That That's how you feel with this character, right? Because she's been through so much. And then for her to come along and be able to do what she did, it's amazing, right? Like, it's great. Yeah, for Sabine to be a household Star Wars name is amazing. 100% agree. I can't wait. Yeah, and I'm excited for everybody to to get, you know, to become more familiar with her cuz she is one of my one of ours favorite characters. 100%. But yeah, let's uh, you know, obviously her master Ahsoka really good stuff. I I liked the overall vibe that she was giving, you know, in the finale, as far as giving wisdom, right. Imparting wisdom to Sabine throughout this finale at multiple times, right. Her showing her skills, right. The fight, we talked about the fight with Morgan. It was great. What was your, what's your overall thoughts on, I think how they portrayed the character throughout the series, Ange, did it flow well? Did you like it? Did you struggle with anything? I, I was cool with it. I think everything made sense for me as far as the ups and downs, right? Yeah. The the overall kind of arc that she went on was great. So, I mean, yeah, I, what's your thoughts? Yeah. I think so, too. Um, I think we said this in a couple episodes back where you kind of got frustrated with Ahsoka and her, her mindset. And I think you were supposed to almost like in the, her introduction in the beginning of Clone Wars, where she seemed like a kid and you were like, I don't like this kid, you know, just to be able to go along that journey and see her growth and maturity. And I think it's also great that we got to see that you do that multiple times in your life, right? You don't just like have maturity and then you stay that way, right? You have things that affect you and you, and you take steps back and you have new lessons to learn. And then that makes you um, stronger and wiser and, and all those things. So I think they've been doing a really good job with her entire arc across animation and now live action to show that there's like peaks and valleys in your life. And sometimes you're right where you're supposed to be. And then sometimes you're not. And you see it in Clone Wars. You see it in Rebels because you kind of see her in Rebels with her act together. Right. And you think she's all right. But then she gets that connection with Darth Vader and she loses it. Right. So she's back down again. And then you see it again in this, where you expect her to, to be that all-knowing, all-wise Jedi, but you realize that she's guarded and she's full of fear, and then she gets past that. So um, she is one of the best uh, developed characters in all of uh, known, whatever you want to call it, literature, movies, storytelling, whatever it is. She, she is a 
fantastically developed character that continues to grow and continues to have adversity and it's it they just do a really great job rosario dawson's portrayal of her i felt in this episode was spot on there were just some really great moments some really great shots where she was like that's ahsoka right that's that's the ahsoka now that we know that's what she's going to continue to be It, it was really awesome i'm excited i'm so excited i think she's going to be uh she will continue to be a big deal in um star wars my theories around what she could be, what she might be, go off into great places. So it's it's going to be really interesting. The fact that she saw Morai, that's out. huge. That's huge. huge. It's huge. So, um, I, I that it comes back to like what I said at the beginning of the episode. I walked out of this episode like like fist pumping. I was like this is where we're at this i love this i love where we are with all these characters i love it yeah no i think they did a really good job wrapping everything up especially with her as far as again in this series for lack of a better term finale but we assume more right i mean are we both we're both thinking obviously a season two of some sort I'm the, uh, season two or just continues to show up in other projects um that's where i see it i i don't know but i think she she her too is now a household name in the star wars universe yeah i don't know if we'll do a quote-unquote a seek a seer second season of ahsoka but maybe it could be a new series but it's about them like right who knows right I think overall, I am very optimistic about what what we're doing moving forward with these characters. I like where we're setting things up. You know, for her to, again, feel Anakin's presence. Whoa, boy. was huge. And to see our, our boy Hayden. Oh, my gosh. And it's Force Ghost was really cool, you know? Oh, my gosh. So that will lead us to, I think, one of the... A great one of the great parts, but also semi puzzling for me, and that's when we get Shin and Balin. Oh boy, for about a minute and a half. Like it was just like, okay, like interesting. So again, Shin holding the the saber up overhead at above the encampment of the of those raiders or whatnot. Gives the vibes that obviously that's where she wants to be. She wants to be their leader now, right? Okay, cool, Shin. Go off, Queen. I, you know, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. I mean, I honestly thought, for me, Ange, I thought that she would maybe go and try to find Balin. So it's interesting that she just went back to the Raiders, right? And basically, she is okay with her master like bailing on her bailing bailing on her pun not intended but it happened you got it so i i find it interesting that she did not because i i thought and i don't know what you thought Aunt, but i thought she would go after him after everything went down in the previous episode so real quick about shin because i know there's a lot about bailing that we'll talk about but Shin, you okay with where we left it with her? Like, what's your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I'm okay. I was surprised too. And honestly, when she pulled up at that camp and raised her lightsaber, I I was like, is she about to Anakin Tusken Raiders these people? Is she in full anger and in her loss? And I I didn't know what was going on. Um, but it looks like she's trying to um start a following, and she wants to be um back in power of some sort think she was really confused at whatever Balin was trying to teach her um I don't think he was really the greatest master now that I think about it um not giving um his intentions up to her but that's like the fall of every stupid Jedi that is stupid not calling Balin a stupid Jedi but I'm saying the Jedi have a problem with not being forthcoming and, and holding with withholding information and and then your message gets lost so um, I think that's what happened with Shin, which is too bad. I like her as a character. I hope she, um, we see her again. I hope she's, I hope she's a formidable opponent again. Like, I hope she comes around. I hope what Balin intended her to be, she becomes. Like, that's another one of my theories that I think um, I can get behind. But I don't know. It's it. It was a little disappointing how they left her. Again, a lot of question marks, but again, a lot of things that they could do with a character still, right? I mean, she can go in a lot of the direct, in a lot of different directions. She could go down, which it seems at this point, the dark path, right? Or she could maybe eventually join Ahsoka, right? Because there was that again, small hint, if you if you want to call it, where she kind of second guessed herself before running away. You know, after all the night troopers left her, again, maybe maybe she falls into with Ahsoka and Sabine. Who knows, right? But yeah, I think her her story overall, though, again, beyond being you know the the Padawan of ba- of Balin, she's interesting. I want to know more, though, right? Like that's the thing with Shin and Balin is that you want to know more because their motives are very sep are very different, right? She feel like for me, she was more about power in the sense of control. Right? And again, we talked about that in a previous episode of like when Balin tells her that the po- that type of power is fleeting, right? But it seems like that's the path that she was on. And he even says that, right? That we Again, we talked about that. So I, I don't know this whole, and, you know, it fits her character being the power play, right? That she wants to be in control of these, of these people. So, yeah, I, again, do I want more? Yeah. Do I wish we would have got a little bit more of her? A hundred percent. Right. I wish that we would have got a little bit more. But again, what? what would they have shown in this episode? Her just riding the howler back to the camp, you know, like, yeah. Where are we going to go with it? I mean, I, I don't know. To me, I was almost expecting her to get in the way of our three heroes and, um, you know, maybe being that, but again, leaves it up for a lot of, a lot of, uh, storytelling with her. Which I'm excited because she is a very interesting character for sure, right? So let's, again, any final thoughts with Shin, Ange, before we move on to, I think, the most fascinating character for maybe both of us? 
Anything? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't have anything else for Shin. Um, I think a lot of the things that they did with her throughout the season was very intentional. The Padawan braid, the yeah. white hair, the writing, the uh, having the the light colored howler, things like that. Um, if my ideas of where her path might go, um, I think there were a lot of little tiny things put in place to um get you there. You want to share those now, or is it part of Balin's? It's kind of a part of Balin. Okay, so let's let's jump into Balin, because I feel like he's the most fascinating character in Star Wars now. Like his motives, what is he looking for? What is he trying to accomplish? Is all still up in the air. And again, this is one of those things, moments where I was like, okay. I wish we would have got more of this. Like, but I get it. What is, I mean, it would just be like following Frodo walking to Mount Doom. Like, I get it. There's not much action <laughs> going on with, with him during the finale. I mean, am I wrong? I'm not wrong, kids. I'm not wrong. You're not wrong. That's perfect. <laughs> so I, I wanted to know, I guess I was hoping to get to the point where what he was looking for would maybe appear. And then maybe that's where we end. And we kind of did get that in a weird, maybe roundabout way. But again, at first, when we see him and he's on that statue, I had no idea what that thing was. I'll be perfectly honest because I was thinking of Lord of the Rings at the moment, at that time. I lost it, Lauren. Oh, I know you did because you picked it up way before I did because it took me like probably 30 minutes after the episode to realize. And then it finally like slowly my brain was like, hey, goofball, you might want to go relook at that because you're missing something. And that's when I finally realized that the statue that he's on is the father of the Mortis gods. And then the son was to the right, the daughter was to the left without the head. That is when I did the whole like Leo Leonardo DiCaprio, you know, gif of pointing. Oh, I Leoed it so hard, so hard. I literally jumped up in my recliner, nice. clicked my fingers, pointed, and I said, "There he is. There's the father. I knew it." And and again, I was like, interesting. Because now that opens up a lot of stuff. Whereas at first, when I before I realized what that statue was, I really was like, I really had to think about this finale. I was like, okay, like, you know, the Ahsoka Sabine, Ezra, all that stuff was fine. But you didn't do anything with this guy. Again, this was before I realized it was the Mortis Gods. And then I was like, oh, oh, we're going there with this guy. We're yeah. going like Mortis Gods, we're going that weird route of Star Wars. Okay, I'm in. Let's go. Give me, well, I don't know where we're going to go with it, but Filoni, what do you got? Because I'm interested to see what, what is he going to do with this now? Right? What is, what is now, what is now, where are we going? Right? Now that we kind of have an idea, what's being called to Balin? Right? So I think there's a lot of different ways. So where do you go with this, Andrea? Because I know you have you have a really interesting theory that I I I'm with about ninety five percent. But go ahead. Go, go, Me too. I mean I'm with it about ninety five percent, but then I go back to, you know, 
my my record and I'm usually I'm usually wrong. I I do not bat a thousand. I don't even bat over five hundred. Nobody bats a thousand. <laughs> um, I think I would be at like the end of the lineup. But um, when I saw Balenstein on the statue of the father, um, I lost it. Um, so this was my mentality going up into this. I, you know, I grab onto theories that come up in my own head and I, I can't let them go. And uh, sometimes I get greatly disappointed and sometimes I don't. But what's bad is I don't like communicating those theories in my head because I'm afraid I'm going to be wrong. Right. So but when they come to life and I'm right, holy crap, I, my head like almost blew off, Lauren. I'm telling you. <laughs> Because me that. and my son, prior to the finale, he was like, what do you think? And I go, honestly, Eli, this is what I think. I think what calls to Balin is is Mortis. I was like, I think he's looking for a power that is strong. And I think if I want to think of the beginning of the Force and how it has been shown to us and who has told that story, Filoni and George... I, I keep going back to Mortis. I just keep going back to it. And Eli's like, I don't remember what that was. So me and him, we rewatched that arc. And and part of the reason I wanted to watch the arc is because I couldn't really remember what happened to the son and what happened to the father. I knew the daughter died and I knew the daughter died saving Ahsoka. And I was like, did the son die or did he make it off? And I was trying to figure that all out. So I was like steeped in like, this is going to Mortis. I was. And when I saw the father, and then when I saw Anakin, I absolutely lost it. Because I'm thinking, when the father dies, and Anakin helps him defeat the son, the father tells Anakin that he must bring balance back to the Force, and that he is the chosen one. And I always, there's a plenty of interviews with Filoni, always coming back to that Anakin is the chosen one. The one that will bring balance to the force. The one that can uh, reside over the force and can keep balance with the force. Not just bring it back, but keep it. And you see it in that Clone Wars Mortis episode where Anakin is able to control the son and the daughter, the light side and the dark side. And the father believes in Anakin and then passes that on to him. So I see Anakin lose his way. He becomes Darth Vader. He then comes back around and he uh, brings balance to the force. And now he is on this mystical place, right? Needing to find um, a son and a daughter or a light side and a dark side, right? Because he's chosen one. He's the one that's there to, to direct it. So he was the call to Balin, right? He ceased to become Darth Vader, transcends into the force let's say five years later from the battle of lothal and five years of ezra and thrawn being on peridia anakin now resides over the forest that was the call that was the call that made balin start to seek out a power that was the call that made thrawn and the the great mothers want to leave um anakin being back is huge now is anakin back right I don't know, right? But that's the way I take it. That's the way I think this story goes. You have a fight between good and evil, and then you have uh, the beings that are responsible to the Force and that reside over it. And 
I mean, and I think that's why I'm like, man, this goes so so into so many stories. It goes into the dawn of the Jedi. It goes into the Mandoverse. It goes into the new Jedi Order. It goes into so many things because if you put Anakin back in play, it's there's so much lore you can get into. Sorry. No. <laughs> but I was it's like, because, one. It's a deep because one. honestly, that's honestly what I was expecting. It really was I, like hands down. I was expecting, I was not expecting to see Hayden, but I was expecting something to say that Anakin now resides over the force and then to see him. Boy, I lost it. And then I think of like a lot of other things, like when Ahsoka's looking off in the distance and Sabine's looking off in the distance and she was like, oh, nothing. I, I think I saw something. It reminds me in The Rise of Skywalker when Rey is looking off into the distance right before they go on their mission and sh and Poe comes up to her and was like, what did you see? And she was like, nothing. And they never tell us what she sees. Was Anakin there? Like, that that's where my mind goes. We can get to so many different places and then you think of like the voices that Ray hears at the end of the Rise of Skywalker, you know, Anakin's there, Ahsoka's there, like it, it's crazy. So I it, it made me think like this is exactly what I I want. This is exactly what I want. Everything that I've studied and known up into this time and pulled away from, here it comes into fruition and it felt so good. I was I was pumped. So I, again, I, and this is, I'm with you. Like I said, I'm with you like 95%. Me too. There. Right. I, I 100% agree that it's something Mortis related. I don't know. I, again, I, I haven't rewatched the Mortis arc, but it is something related to them, right? As far as what's being calling the Balin, right? 100% I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. And I think that's maybe some the reason why the night the great mothers wanted to leave is because of whatever is calling to Balin. And what I feel, okay, so but to, to, before I kind of give my kind of where I'm at with it. Again, I'm with you about 95% of the way. And where I I don't think it goes for me again. This is just me. I don't know if we are going to the route of having Anakin be the father just yet. I don't know. I we could be right. The, a lot of things like you're saying, Ange. I I I see where you. I see where all that stuff is showing what you're what you're saying. A hundred percent. I'm with you. Like I get it, and I wouldn't be mad at it. If that's what happens, right? I'd be cool with if and if Anakin becomes the new father, right? It's it's mythology, right? It's like you're saying, right. it's it's very a George thing. Yes, it's a hundred percent a George thing to make Anakin then to go beyond what he was and to become this entity that can that controls is the father, right? So I don't, but I don't know if that's, I don't, I don't believe that's where we're going. So I don't believe Anakin is the new, is going to become the new father. Again, could it happen? Yes. I, I, I am a hundred percent with you because it would be a very Filoni Lucas thing to kind of go that road with that character. 
but I just don't think we're, I just don't think that's where they're going. Cause I don't, I think the reason, and again, this is where maybe where I differ is that I, I think the reason Anakin that we see Anakin is, is purely just because he's the apprentice of Ahsoka and he's just watching over her. Right. It could be that simple. It could be, it could be totally that simple. Yeah. Just like the ending of return of the Jedi. Right. It could be that simple. Exactly. They're just there to to nod and smile and say, good job, kid. But could it be deeper, like you're saying? 100% it could. It could. He could be there because that's where that's where he, as the new father, is residing. 100%. I could, I could get down with that. I just don't know if we're there just yet. And if we are, though, and if that's where Filoni's going with this story... A, wouldn't mind it, but B, I think he would have to do a lot of explaining, again, even for us nerds, to really come to terms with having Anakin become this being, right? Again, is material there? Like you like you said, Ange? Oh, yeah, it's there. The beats are there. You could do something like that. But I just don't know if that's the route that Filoni would want to go with that character. Yes, he's a chosen one, right? Yes, the father said, like you like you said when you did your rewatch, he wants Anakin to bring balance. Could you argue that he did that? Well, yeah, maybe, maybe not, right? Certain point of view, you could say that he did. But again, it is interesting all the things that you pointed out are very interesting, like threads of, well, this was connected to this. This could be that. This is what happened in Mortis. It could work. And I, again, if that happens, I wouldn't mind it at all. I wouldn't. But that I think that's where I, like, again, I'm with you to where Balin is being called by something. What I believe is what calling to Balin, and some people have, brought this up so this isn't like an original thought by me or anything like that like i i believe it's and people have brought this name up of i believe it's pronounced abolith and it's the the mother the mother the wife the right yes and that she is actually again according to um wikipedia that she is basically kind of more engrossed in darkness and that she is, it's like chaos. So I could see that being the thing that's calling to Balin. And I don't believe that Ahsoka and or Balin will become the new son or daughter or anything like that. Again, if it happens that way, or if that's what, you know, Anakin is there to try to do all that stuff, then cool. I'm, I'm with it hundred percent, you know, but more I being on there, Interesting. I think that's very telling because I, but I think it's because that this is maybe this is where Peridia, again, Balin called it a, a place of, you know, uh, dreams and madness. Sounds chaos to me. Sounds like the mother to me. So maybe this is where the father either banished her or this is maybe where they originated. I don't know. That's where I go with this stuff, though. That's where I go with this with the Mortis stuff is that we will get more of a mythology understanding of the of these beings and go deeper. I don't know if we're going to get a whole new kind of 
reset on the whole father, you know, father, daughter, son stuff. But I, I, again, I wouldn't hate it, but I just don't think that's where we're going just yet. But I do believe, again, just my, my, I go with the theory of that it's the mother calling out to these beings. And somebody, I can't remember, I think I was watching, I was watching um, Star Wars Explains and their, um, their live chat, which is, again, guys, fun stuff. So good. Love them. Go, Alex and, Ma, uh, Alex and Molly are, you know, good friends. And they do great, great stuff if you already don't know that. But somebody in their chat brought up this idea, and I wish I would have wrote the name down. But it's the idea that the mother, you know, the mother that is, you know, obviously to the father, the son, and the daughter. That the mother, maybe she's super connected to the witches of Dathomir. Maybe mm. she is like the mother. Mm. That I was like, oh, mm. okay. I like that. I love that. I like that a lot. And if that's where we're going, yes. And that would be very interesting. Because the father says in the arc in Clone Wars that the mother died and he took his son and daughter away from their home and... That's what he says. He says it just like that. And where they are in the Clone Wars is not on Peridia. They're like in this in-between dimension or right. thing that Back unlocks to- and yeah. can almost present itself anywhere, right? Um, so, I man, I, I love that too. That That is absolutely outstanding. I mean, to be able to keep that story going and relate it back to um what we already know i mean i the f- from the first moment i saw the morris arc i even told you i said the story is so big and has so much consequence and intention on to the rest of the galaxy it has it has to be expounded upon you have to continue to tell the story it's huge like how can anakin know what he did and then or know what happened on Mortis and it not affect him and the rest of the galaxy. And it does like, it's this nugget, right? The Mortis arc is a literal nugget in the middle of season three. You don't even have to watch any of the clone wars. You just have to know who Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka are. And you can watch those three episodes and all of a sudden your mind opens up to tons of things. So I love that we went, I love, the minute I saw the father statue, Lauren, I lost it. I was like, here we go. And I and it makes so much sense because it's such a George and Filoni Dave thing. And I believe, I believe George wrote the Mortis Yes, arc. he did. I believe he so did. Too. Correct. And he, he made Filoni put it in there. So it's a George thing. So if you want to get deep and crazy and midi-chlorians and who knows where else we're going, like that's where that goes. Thanks, George. Right. Thank yeah. And that that is that's pretty cool. Yeah, I I I did not again didn't have it on the bingo card to have more to show up in any way in live action. I put it late on my bingo card when Balin told Shin that he was training her to be something more. Mm, okay. Okay. That's when I, that's because 
the son says it to Anakin. He was like, not Sith. He was like, more. No, that they, that's a good call on you because yeah, I did not have it anywhere near my the bingo cards, the, the board. You know, so and again, when I when that shot came across, I was just thinking Lord of the Rings, and it took me took me like a half hour, like I said, and then I had Man, to pause. Where are it. we Middle Earth? I know what that's what I. On? I was like, I, those are the two things that they you know rode by yeah, in, no, the, in the river. I'm like, what are we doing here, Filoni? Are we on Gondor? Or where, right. where are we? <laughs> are we gonna go see the Great Elves? What are we doing here? What's <laughs> what is happening? Who has the one ring? What are we doing here, Filoni? But I, and then again, once I went to that part immediately when I was like, wait a minute, because I was talking to my buddy, Mark, and I can't remember what he said, and it triggered my mind, and that's when my brain's like, hey, goofball, hello, hello, like, go back and uh, look at that screen. That's when I went back, and when I paused it, I was like, Wait a minute, is that? And then again, the brain's like, yeah, idiot, here you go. Remember what they were? And then that's when I was like, oh, crap, that is Mortis. That's the father. And then I saw the son. And then you see that, the broken statue of the daughter. I was like, okay, now I went from, okay, this finale was, you know, was good to like, okay, we are going places. And now I'm excited. Because like you're saying, Ange, it can go in so many directions now. And let's get weird with it, right? Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Go there. Go there. Like, the, be weird. Screw it. You're not a science fiction anymore. You're fantasy. Let's just be real with it. And what was great about this entire season is we were there. We were in fantasy. We had witches. We were doing magic. I mean, we were riding on wolves. It it was there. In it space, was great. Space, space whales, whales. Star whales mouths. It's weird oh. stuff, kids. <laughs> Hearing that the witches used to ride the purgle. This again, let's get weird with it. So yeah. Give me more motor stuff, right? I'm excited to see what Dave's gonna do with that. Cause that's a huge again, that's a huge, huge Easter egg for us nerds that have been watching it. But then I go back to, was that executed? And this is what I'm going to ask you, Ange. Do you think it was executed well enough so that people that, again, aren't familiar with it would have been, like, understood that? No. So that's, again, that's where one of my issues, and we we talked about it, that's where my one of my issues comes, is that you, you got to set that up a little bit better. But, so... The reason I know this is because I just spent the day with my family, uh, my my brother-in-law, my sister, niece, nephew, and my mom and my kids. And uh, we sit down for dinner and they're like, all right, Ange, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Ahsoka. And I was like, oh, my God. And I start talking about Mortis and blank stares over everybody's face. Push those right? nerd glasses up, did we? Man, let me tell you about the lawless. <laughs> Let me get out my diagram. Just pardon me. Let me be this. Was it always sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, guys yeah. got the red, the red threads. Let's bring out the whiteboards, kids. We're getting crazy. So, um, they are completely lost. 
which uh i can't i and everybody i've talked to about the series finale my my geekiness and my what i get excited about is is this part and no one knows about it so do i feel like it could have there could have been a lead up to it yeah maybe but i do like it how it's like ah why don't you go back and look and see this you have time to go experience this and then and that's true and really pay attention to what it could mean in the future. So I, I'm with it either way. I felt like it was strong enough for big fans. And I thought it was enticing enough for fans that had no idea. Yeah, I think it's one of those moments where, again, as people who are very engrossed in it, we got it immediately. But then you juxtapose it to where people that don't, like you're saying, my, you know, your family, my family, you have to push the nerd glasses up a bit and say, okay, let me tell you about the Mortis, right? <laughs> the new, yeah. Right. I mean, Ugh. you have to. Like, I mean, I try, I try to prepare my son for it because he is a Clone Wars kid, but that arc, you can forget about it because it has nothing to do with anything that is going on during that time. So that's why I was like, it was a Friday night. I go, we're going to watch one. Then we're going to go get ice cream and then we're going to watch the last two. And then when we got done with it, I was like pushing up my nerd glass. What do you think? You think that's what it's going to be? You think we're going to see it? You think? But yeah, I get it. But I think like you're saying, it's intentionally done because then for people that know people like us, they're like, all right, well, what's what's the deal? And then that's where, like you're saying, you need to lead people to those episodes. Like, okay, you don't even have to watch all of it. Just watch these three. Yep. Just, just watch screenshot those. I just screenshotted those episodes to Josh and sent them to him. Man, you don't got to watch anything else. Just watch these three. Just watch those three and you're going to be like, oh, okay. I'm in. Right? So I but think. What if, but what if it's nothing? Right? I what mean, if? it could just be an Easter egg of statues and then. It could. We're it could just going be, seeing somebody else. And I am just, you know. Making my little diagram and po putting pin tacking pictures and tying strings and bringing people around. Maybe. Let me tell you. Right. Let me it's, tell you. It's it's very possible, right? But I think it's one of those moments that he, again, Filoni, he does it to serve a purpose, right? He is letting us who are familiar with know, hey, guys, remember these? Remember how I sprinkle these into everything I do? Yeah, we're doing this again, kids. Let's saddle up. This is what I think. I think it's absolutely fantastic that he pulls in from all things, right? He pulls in from Clone Wars. He pulls in from Rebels. He pulls in from George. He pulls in from Legends, even though he's been well known to say that George doesn't believe in that. And they're just stories. But I mean, those death troopers or those those reanimated zombie troopers—that's straight legends. So it it's absolutely fantastic that um, what Floney has done and what he is um, like creating with the people around him is 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 fantastic. It it absolutely is. And like you're saying, it's a George thing like this started with george he's one that won the mortis gods kids so if you want to yell at somebody in your in your youtube video 
right? That, you know, the why are we having these mortis gods? What's all this? Filoni doesn't know what he's doing. You can yell at George Lucas then. You're right. yelling at the wrong guy if you want to get mad about it. Then you shouldn't, though, because this stuff is going to be fascinating moving forward. And and again, it, and it's very sad that Ray Stevenson does not. Oh, yeah. Does not get to continue the story because of his, uh, you know, um, his his passing. It sucks. It sucks for sure. It's terrible. But I hope and Andrew, I don't know if this is how you feel. And then we'll, we'll we'll start wrapping it up. But I am okay with, in this scenario, in this circumstance, they recast. Because yeah, I, I'm I, fine with the recast. I need, like, I need to have that story told. And I don't want it to where, like, it's off screen, explained why he isn't there. I, I, he needs to be there. You, I think you set it up that way. You can't, you can't drop it, right? Yeah, I think uh, there are plenty of ideas, casting ideas out there that can um, come to life and they'll be perfectly fine. Uh, I I go back to Dumbledore uh, in movie one and two. There's been a lot, right. And right, right, right. and that transition was very smooth, very smooth. And I I think it's possible. So right. Again, there's certain there are certain scenarios like with Carrie where you don't do it, I think. Yeah, you don't do it with a no. But in this circumstance, I think you do it because I think I would rather have you tell the story you want to tell than to kind of change it to honor. Again, that, that that's just a personal take, kids. I rather have them continue the story in a recast in this situation. I'm okay with it because again, he is such a fascinating character. And I think you would almost be honoring Ray Stevenson by continuing this character's journey. That again, that's just my opinion. Yeah, I agree. That's my opinion. That's my opinion. And uh, as we wrap up, anything else you want to talk about with Balin or anything uh, regarding the series overall, what you got? I think Balin's intention for Shin was to have her be the light side of the force, was to have her be the daughter, the representation of the light side. And that's when he said, I, I made you, was wanted to um, make you more. You weren't just a Jedi. I think that that was his intention. Um, I think like the look of her, again, like her riding on the the light colored uh, howler, I think... I think Balin and Shim were supposed to represent the light side and the dark side of the force. Whether we get there, I don't know. But that that's one of my somewhat theories or where I think we could have been going with this. Yeah, I don't again that one, again, it, it's all there, right? Visual context clues are there. Do I feel that's where we're gonna go with it? No. But again, if it happens, it happens. I'm not gonna be mad about it. Right. Is it Ahsoka that that's the, or do we even yeah. go there? See, do I don't we even think even we go. go I don't even think we go to a new father, daughter, son, whatever. I think. I think we do. See, again, and that and that's fine. I just, I, we're definitely going more this route. I don't think we're going to get a whole new, like, set of these beings. 
Mm-hmm. I just I just don't I just don't think that's where we're going. Again, that's a personal like I just don't think that's the story. But I again, I could be totally wrong and that'd be fine. Like I I'd be okay with it. And I again, for me that that line of him saying I you know, I trained you to be diff- to be more, I think that to me how I under- how I took that as he trained her not to be a Jedi, right? Because before that he was talking about the Vulcan Jedi, right? And, you know, these people, you know, teaching these these Padawans in the wild to be to become Jedi. And that's because he left the order. That's not why he was doing with Shin. He was teaching her to be something more. Now, what does that more mean, though? Right. That's where, again, you could really have some fun with it. And it could be it could it could be multiple things. Right. One of them could be like you're saying. If, if 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 it goes down that road like you're thinking, yeah, it could be that. It could be. I I just don't I just don't go down that again. That's that five percent where I'm not with it, but I'm not totally against it, right? Like if that's where they go, we go, and hold on, right? Because that's gonna be a wild ride too. So anything else you got, Ange? Nope. Man, we talked for two hours and eighteen minutes, bro. <laughs> This has been a long one. This is one of our longer ones. There's a lot never to talk that. about. I think never. <laughs> Only I think we've done it when we've had somebody else on when we've talked about Rebels. Rebels, yeah, yeah, yeah. But other than that, yeah, I don't think we've done like a single two hour plus just us talking. It's This was worth it though because this was so much yeah, it was. to dive into. Yeah. Just so much. So yeah, I again we we both enjoyed the series. Again, we're assuming season two or a something else will be coming with these characters because just too much, just too much to to not talk, uh, you know, to not continue down this story. So that's it. That's the show, kids. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you hung on for the two plus hours that we were talking I hope you about, did. It. the good stuff was at the end. Good stuff was at the end, kids. <laughs> This stuff is at the end. Maybe we'll I'll post the you know post our some of the highlights uh, yeah, on social media. Wait till prepared. the end on this one. Yeah, yeah, don't skip, don't skip. So, all right, uh, if you guys enjoyed this conversation, go check us out, and you can follow us, uh, the Galactic Podcast at the Galactic Pod. We are on Apple Pod, Apple Pod, Google Play, Spotify, all the major platforms. We are on social medias at the Galactic Pod. And you can follow me, Lauren Romo, at Loro Knows on everything, social media, uh, all the all the platforms. And Andrea, where can you follow you? Yeah. You can follow me, Andrea Gutierrez, at R2D2Step on Twitter, Instagram, threads. It's almost Park Jimin's birthday. John Cook's coming out with a new album. Man, what a time to be alive as a Star Wars fan and a BTS fan. That's our BTS BTS update of the week, kids. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. All right. Uh, as always, may the force be with you. Always. Always. always.